the following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. What's up, everybody? This is The Godfather, and you're listening to Perched on the Top Rope. Now get on the Awesome. Welcome everyone to Perched on the Top Rope. It's me, it's me. I am your host, Lee Walker, former dirt sheet writer for Sports Kita, Ringside News, the Sportster, the Richest, Daily DDT, so on and so forth. You get the point. I am joined by the Perched correspondent, Justin Largetoe. I'm also joined by Perched Gamings from Twitch, YouTube video editor, Alexander Todd, the adorable one if you will but you will what's up boys are we all ready to talk about brawl out 2022 yeah so before we get into it i just want to wish uh congratulations to the new nxt tag and uk tag champions pretty deadly who were successful at worlds collide this past sunday hey why don't you touch yourself man (laughs) i'm good for anybody that doesn't know, I can't stand the pretty deadly gimmick, and Justin just likes to rub it in my face. I, love I think pretty. he's he's trying to get some sort of payback for Lee and I ragging on him about Danhausen over the past year or so. We'll get into that later, especially with Justin liking a new Danhausen figure coming out that was on a Instagram post. I told you my account was hacked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, you can come out of the closet any day now, Justin. We're totally yeah, okay with yeah. it. Yeah, fuck off. Let's get into this. <laughs> yeah, because it's about to be a brawl between the three of us. That's how much tension AEW has right now. And ladies and gentlemen, before we get into that, Alex is going to let us know the AEW all-out results. Absolutely, and we're going to get right into it. This is going to be a little different than normal after what happened after the pay-per-view. We are just going to go through the results. We're not really going to touch on them too much. Um, If there's anything big, we might touch on it for a quick second. Other than that, we're just going to go through the results. For those of you that are listening to us that did not get to watch the all-out pay-per-view this past weekend... Here we go. On the pre-show, we had the mixed tag team of the Jericho Appreciation Society, consisting of Sammy Guevara and Tay Mello, defeating the tag team of Ortiz and Ruby Soho for the mixed tag team AAA Tag Team Championships. How the mighty have fallen for Ruby Soho in just a year. We uh, also had Hook defeating Angelo Parker. A uh, big thing coming out of that was that uh, Action Johnson actually came to the rescue of Hook after the match. Hook defeated Angelo Parker, and then Angelo Parker and Matt Maynard both decided to jump Hook, prompting Action to leave the uh, audience and come to Hook's rescue. We also had Pack defeat Kip Sabian to retain the AEW All-Atlantic Championship, as if that one was ever actually going to be in question. The last match of the pre-show was Eddie Kingston defeating Tomohiro Ishii by pinfall. That was such a hard-hitting match. A shame that it was on the pre-show. Best match of the pre-show, in my opinion. 
Moving on to the main card, we had the casino ladder match. Uh, winner receives a future AEW World Championship match. And we went on to see the Joker defeat Claudio Castagnoli, Wheeler Yuta, Penta El Zero Miedo, Ray Phoenix, Roosh, Eldrade Alidolo, and Dante Martin. Had a little bit of help from Stokely Hathaway and his group of fellas. Uh, and he would go on to uh, climb the ladder himself, Stokely, that is. And he would receive the chip and then he would hand it to the Joker when the Joker made his entrance. In the next match, we had the Elite, the team of Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, uh, defeat Hangman Adam Page and the Dark Order to become the inaugural AEW World Trios Tag Champions. The next match, we had Jade Cargill defeat Athena, formerly known as Ember Moon in WWE slash NXT, for the AEW TBS Championship. We had a six-man tag team match. The pinnacle consisting of Wardlow and FTR defeated the TNA Originals team, as I would like to call them, consisting of Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns. After that match, we actually saw the return of one Samoa Joe as he would come to the rescue of the good guys. In the next match, this one was kind of surprising. Powerhouse Hobbs defeated Ricky Starks in an absolute jobbed out match he destroyed him quick victory swerve in our glory in one of the more acclaimed matches of the night no pun intended defeated the acclaimed for the aew world tag team championships i believe this one was uh i think they chose the wrong winners for this one but we'll get back to that at another time yep tony storm defeated dr Britt baker dmd jamie Hayter, and hikaru shida to become the interim AEW Women's World Champion. We also saw Christian Cage defeat Jungle Boy after Luchasaurus turned on Jungle Boy. Um, it's believed that this match was basically used to, one, get Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus into their own personal feud, and it's also being stated that Christian Cage now needs surgery and will be out for some time, so he really couldn't wrestle an entire match. Um, you know, for somebody that is injured, not able to compete in an entire match. This was a good way to actually do this match. Chris Jericho defeated Brian Danielson in a hell of an actual technical, pure technical wrestling match. Darby Allen, Sting, and Miro defeated the House of Black in what may possibly be Malachi Black's last match in AEW. And in the main event of the evening, we saw CM Punk become the AEW World Champion. And then after the match, we saw the Joker make his return after Tony Khan's voicemail to one MJF played over the loudspeaker. Turns out the Joker was MJF. MJF now has a future world championship match. And that is the result of AEW All Out 2022. It was a good pay-per-view. Some matches I didn't agree with, but it's whatever. We're really not here for the pay-per-view itself. We're here for what happened after the pay-per-view and what we know. <sighs> Man. So, as you all know, AEW does these UFC-like interview-style type deal after with the talents from the pay-per-view. Like in UFC, it would be those from the matches. Just like UFC, these are raw, unedited. You know, there's no storylines of what you see on TBS or TNT. The journalists are asking questions 
at times that have nothing to do with the pay-per-views and have to do with real life drama and stuff backstage that the typical fan doesn't generally know about. And this I'm shocked is the first time that AEW has had a major issue with these interview scrums or media scrums after a pay-per-view. And boy, oh boy, I'm going to start off by reading the, the comments guys in order from CM Punk. Cause this is, this is who we're going to talk about today. And we'll just talk about each, the main points of what he, what he said, and then we'll discuss them. These are in order. Our locker room for all the wisdom and brilliance it has isn't worth a shit when it has an empty headed idiot who's never done anything in the business, do public interviews and say, I don't really take advice. Who the fuck do you think you are? That's stupid. I'm on a team with Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, and I say I don't need to work on my swing. I'm not going to listen to these guys on how to swing a baseball bat. Go fuck yourself. I dare you to fucking I dare you to fucking say that to Terry Funk's face. I don't need to listen to you, Mr. Funk. Fucking grow up. We'll start with that one, guys. So go ahead. So my opinion on that one is a little column A, column B. I I understand completely where Punk is coming from when he is talking about how you should probably take some advice from some people that have been in the business a little longer than you. However, AEW is a company that was basically started by the members of the elite. And that includes um, one hangman, Adam Page, which is who we're talking about in the scenario. That is who CM Punk is referencing. While he's not one of the MV, uh, EVPs, he helped start that company. He was involved with helping start that company. We knew he was going to be in that company before the company itself existed back when they were doing the promos on BTE. So with it being a company that they basically helped start, my one of my philosophies is that if it's not broke, don't fix it. And say what we will about our personal opinions about Hangman Adam Page. Lee, I know you're not like the biggest fan. Uh, I'm a pretty big fan of Hangman Adam Page. But regardless of what we think, he's over with the crowds. He constantly gets one of the biggest reactions wherever he goes. And he is over with the crowds, regardless of what we personally think about him. So I think if it's not broke, don't fix it. However, if you've got guys like Terry Funk or, you know, in this case, um, I'm not, I'm not going to count CM Punk in this, in this for a moment because he's the one complaining about it. But if you guys have guys like Sting in your locker room, guys like Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, who have now been around for a while, even someone like Claudio Castagnoli, John Moxley, Chris Jericho, Brian Danielson, um, you know, some of the older guys in the locker room, if, if they have tips and pointers on how you can up your game, I would absolutely take advice from them. Now, would I necessarily take advice from someone like CM Punk? I don't know, because yes, what CM Punk has done in the professional wrestling business, while well, he's been a part of it, um, has he had success? Absolutely. But how many times has CM Punk just absolutely 
destroyed somebody for no reason when what they were doing was still getting them over. I, I understand CM Punk has been part of the business for a very long time and the man knows what he's doing, but sometimes I think his mouth runs a little too fast. Sometimes I think he says some things that are absolutely not necessary and sometimes just flat out, what's the word I'm looking for? Insulting, like insulting to the business. I think there's a, and I, I'm not going to, I don't want to speak for the guys who are in the business because I am myself am not, but I'm, I'm willing to bet there's probably plenty of guys out there that have said, yeah, you should probably take advice, but you don't need to be a dick about it at the same time. Chris Jericho basically handled it best later on himself saying, you know, kind of bringing everything back in and kind of just giving advice instead of just telling people to fuck off and I'm not going to fucking deal with you and fuck this and fuck that. You know what I mean? If you're, if you're going to be a locker room leader, you have to act like it for people to want to take advice from you. So I think it's a little column A, column B. I think if Hangman was going to stick to that stance, I don't think he should necessarily put it out in the public for people to basically shit on him about but at the at the same time, I don't think CM Punk needs to be a total asshole about it. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same side of the spectrum with you, Alex. So obviously, Hangman's not a rookie. He has years of experience in pro wrestling, even though it's not that many. I believe he started in 2008. I could be wrong. Somebody fact check me on that later. But, you know, I see it as if I have guys like Jake the Snake Roberts and Arn Anderson and Jerry Lynn, so on and so forth you know, at my fingertips right next to me. And I'm trying to come up in this company. Of course, I'm going to take advice from whether they give it to me or I ask it for them. You know, if you're struggling on the mic and you're having trouble connecting through a promo, Jake the Snake Roberts is probably one of the most perfect fucking people to go up to and get pointers from. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I can understand kind of, you know, where Hangman was the world champion and he's over, like you said, and, he, you know, he's kind of got his own thing going. And I can understand that, but it's also not terrible to take advice and some pointers to improve, like I think Hangman could have during his title reign. And you can establish that to bad booking or so on and so forth. But, you know, I, I think it's definitely something that is open and you should take if it comes. Uh, and it reminds me of a story a few months ago. Jake Roberts, he did an interview and he said he tried to give somebody advice in the AEW locker room he didn't say who he didn't out them by name or anything but he did say uh that they in response to his advice they said you know I have my contract I don't need to take advice I got it something something along those lines and I don't know if that was hangman page I don't know if it was somebody else because honestly since that interview I've been trying to kind of pinpoint who's been on the roster around what time and you know kind of figure out from there and honestly, I'm, almost, I'm almost wondering if it was Hangman Adam Page and CM Punk found out about it. Right. And that's another thing. Because I initially thought it was maybe somebody on AEW Dark who just got signed like weeks beforehand, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, look, like I said, always open to advice. If you have guys like Sting, Jake Roberts, Jerry Lynn, Billy Gunn, all these guys back there with years of experience and you're trying to improve and you're trying to you know, do the best you can on national television, on TNT and TBS every week. Absolutely. You should be taking it. If you don't want to take it, you know what? That's your priority. That's your prerogative. If you flop, you flop. And I'm not saying if you don't take advice from these guys, you're going to flop. But you know what? It could help you in the long run. Even just the littlest thing. Okay. 
Here he goes. Here he goes. I've been waiting for this. I have been too. <laughs> Lee, let her let her rip. Now, now before we're gonna preempt this really quickly because I know that Lee's opinions are gonna be a little controversial compared to yours and mine, Justin, because sometimes you and I tend to take like a neutral middle ground, whereas Lee is about to completely start ripping people apart. Ladies and gentlemen, if you hear the three of us start arguing over any points, know that we are not mad at each other, but we have been waiting to talk about this. We have been refraining from talking about our opinions on this for almost a week now. So if we start going at it, it is for the sake of debate and for entertainment for the show. With that being said, Lee, let her rip. I got my chair ready to throw. CM Punk was the voice of the voiceless in the WWE, and he came to AEW to recognize professional wrestling again. For all us fans, we all jumped for joy when this man came. This man spits a little truth, and everybody now wants to shit down the throat of CM Punk. Do we not remember CM Punk, his Ring of Honor days, his promos? Did you not see any sort of Ring of Honor-esque CM Punk when he spoke in the media scrum? I did. But the point is, is you have a older generation telling a younger generation what to do, and especially this younger generation that is woke, and woe is me if I get fucking yelled at. Wah. Let me tell you something. Billy Gunn did an interview a few weeks ago where he has said nonstop, you guys have got to slow down. You've got to slow down. If I own this fucking company and my name's Tony Khan and your coach, your coach that you're supposed to listen to, no matter how fucking big and popular you are in the goddamn business, you listen to your coach. Does LeBron James not listen to his coach? Yes, he does. Doesn't matter how fucking big you are. That man makes way more money than any goddamn AEW superstar ever will in their fucking lifetime. He makes quadruple plus what they make in a year. That's what he makes a season. Okay. I don't care how big you are. You listen to your coach. Your coach is Billy Gunn. Your coach, Billy Gunn, is telling you to slow down. If you're not listening to your coach, your coach goes to the management and says, what are you going to fucking do about this? And Tony Khan just sat there like a fucking coward. Okay? Ooh, it's getting spicy in here. So when you got a guy who for all intents purposes has a lot of years in the business, Justin, and isn't known by anybody because he's nothing more than a glorified indie guy, nothing more than a background guy to the elite, and you put him with the Dark Order so he can get a little recognition because God forbid he did anything with the AEW championship. And he goes and he does interviews saying, I don't really take advice. Who the fuck are you? You're not even the highest paid guy in the company to say, I don't take advice from anybody. Okay. I don't think CM Punk is wrong on spot number one. Spot number one. Um, as much as I took a neutral ground, I'm actually going to go with Punk on this one too. Yeah. I would say overall Punk. I'm sorry. You, you don't get to sit there and, and make those calls just because you're under contract with AEW. You go and you pull shit like that in WWE, guess where you're going to be wrestling? Main event. Now, now, what I will say, though, is I'm 100% with you on the coach aspect. If any of the coaches in the company 
tell you to do something, you do it. Like Billy Gunn, like Arn Anderson, um, uh, like Jerry Lynn, anybody like that, any of the coaches. Like, look at the acclaim, for example. You know, since Billy Gunn's working with them, that he's coaching them as well. And they're on the hottest streak of their career right now. So I will give you that, Lee. Um, if the coach says something to you, you do it. Now, if it's somebody who's another superstar, no matter how long they've been wrestling, I don't think you should necessarily have to stand down and listen to every single thing that they say. Um, maybe if, if the person is being genuine with the criticism that you're giving them and how to improve your game, maybe go and talk to creative together. Like the person giving you advice, you and creative or Tony Khan in this situation and kind of give both sides of what you think the character should go, what direction they should go in, and make, make middle ground. Vince, Vince McMahon's been notable of doing that in the past. He's taken ideas from multiple parties and he's made middle ground and made great storylines out of it. Some not so great, but like you said, if, if your coach tells you to fucking do something, you do it. Cause that's why they're there to tell people what to do to create a better television product. So again, Lee, as far as coaching goes with you, hundred percent spot number two with CM Punk happens to be, he gets asked a question about Colt Cabana and Punk he, really did not let me, like let me stop you there for a quick second. He actually wasn't completely asked a question about Colt. Um, there was a person that asked him a question at the media scrum. And I think they reported on something on Colt Cabana in the past. So as soon as they started talking, CM Punk basically already had his comments about Colt Cabana ready. And the first thing he asked when he, they chose this person was, are you friends with Scott Colton? So he was ready to go off regardless, basically of who it was. Yeah. So here's Punk comments on Colt Cabana, who is now under the Ring of Honor flagship, pretty much as uh, pretty much as Punk came in, seeing Colt Cabana became a lot less and just non-existent. Here's what Punk had to say: It's 2022. I haven't been friends with this guy since at least. 2014 late 2013 the fact that i have to sit up here because we have an irresponsible people who call themselves evps that couldn't manage a fucking target who spread lies and bullshit and put into the media that i got someone fired when i have fuck all to do with him i want nothing to do with him don't care where he works where he doesn't work where he eats where he sleeps the fact that i have to get up here and do this in 2022 is fucking embarrassing. There were more comments regarding this that CM Punk also made about uh, Colt Cabana having a joint bank account with his mother. CM Punk basically paying Colt Cabana uh, living expenses and whatnot. Uh, part of the lawsuit. Uh, he really demoralizes Colt Cabana the entire time. Now, again, Colt Cabana was part of the Dark Order, no longer seen in AEW now, and is apparently going to be on the Ring of Honor side. Take it away, guys. This is where I had a fucking problem. This was my biggest problem of the whole fucking media scrum. It wasn't the shots at the EVPs. It wasn't the shots at people not listening to him. It wasn't the shots at Hangman and Page. This is where I had the biggest fucking issue. And my issue is partially with CM Punk. 
Partially not, because I can understand where the frustration came from throughout that entire lawsuit thing. The whole thing was a mess. My biggest fucking problem is CM Punk is sitting there on a media scrum, which is not part of the scripted show, but at the same time has all of sorts of fans that watched the show, all sorts of casual fans that watched the show tuned into this media scrum to listen to people talk after the pay-per-view. Some people might not even know what happened with CM Punk and Colt Cabana, but if you're a traditional wrestling fan that does not pay attention to the dirt sheets and doesn't get the inside scoops on everything, and you're just trying to enjoy wrestling, you turn to this media scrum and CM Punk is absolutely destroying somebody else who is on the roster. I don't care if you like them, if you don't like them. You're part of the same show. You are trying to make the same show succeed. I don't give a fuck whether you like him, whether you don't like him. Deal with it behind closed doors. Don't bring it to where everybody else can fucking see it. And as far as company morale, like sitting there watching your world champion absolutely destroy somebody who is pretty well liked backstage at AEW has got to bring the morale down with a decent amount of people in the company. That being said, that's not even my biggest fucking issue. My biggest fucking issue is that fucking coward, Tony Khan, sat there and let CM Punk absolutely fucking obliterate somebody on his own roster. Just sat there like a fucking little bitch. And he sat there and he let him go off on Colt Cabana. Colt Cabana, who works for him, is trying to make a living himself. Do you really think that any of these casual fans are going to take Colt Cabana seriously now? Like that, that man's career could basically be destroyed for all we know. Granted, he wasn't doing anything huge at the moment, but this is a world of professional wrestling. All it takes is one night for somebody to get over in one specific town. And that can be the beginning of their career. But regardless from an employee standpoint, I work at my job. Right. And so, okay. I'm, I'm a bank teller. I have a head teller who is my immediate supervisor. And then I have my branch manager. Right. If I am doing nothing wrong at the moment, and then all of a sudden my immediate supervisor is just blasting me in front of everybody that I work for, like taking personal shots at me all while my my upper, upper manager above him is just sitting there and not doing anything. Do you really think I'm going to want to work there? No, I'm going to find a new job and I'm going to fucking leave. And there's going to be people that are going to be uncomfortable in that situation too. So the fact that Tony Khan sat there and let CM Punk say all these disparaging things about people that Tony Khan put money into to see succeed is unprofessional at the highest fucking level. And this gave me WCW 2.0 vibes, gave me Hulk Hogan vibes towards the end where he would just absolutely obliterate anybody that he wanted to. And as as a, as a fucking boss, a promoter, a general manager, a CEO, a president, Tony Khan fucking failed the other night. Yeah, and you know, that was my biggest problem too. Because you look at it, visually you have the CEO, the fucking president of the company sitting right there. He could have fucking stopped CM Punk at any fucking time he wanted. during Not even just dur- during this portion, but during any portion of this fucking media scrum where Punk was going off. He could have put his hand in front of the mic. He could have fucking stopped Punk and... You know, a lot of shit probably wouldn't have happened on Sunday night if that was the case, mm-hmm. early Monday morning, because this was after midnight. But, you know, when it comes to Colt, look, I know shit got nasty between Colt and Punk with the lawsuits, with WB's doctor, Dr. Amen, and everything all around coming out of that Art of Wrestling podcast in 2014, where Punk 
pretty much exposed the company and their concussion protocol and everything, you know, every medical procedure that procedure they go through. But the you're like you said, Alex, this is your fucking world champion. You're fresh, brand new, just won the title 20 minutes ago, world champion. On this fucking media scrum, this scrum's not like accessible to certain people. It's not a fucking secret club. It's literally streaming on YouTube. Anyone mm-hmm. can fucking access this media scrum. You know? Children can access this. Right. You got your world champion. He's burying, you know, Colt still works for the fucking company. I, I think we shouldn't forget about that. He may not be under the AEW banner, but he's under the fucking Ring of Honor banner that Tony Khan is also trying to fucking build up right now and get a TV deal for him, bring it back to life. And now you got one of Ring of Honor stars and this guy's just fucking obliterating him, telling it, telling the whole world that he shares a bank account with his mother. Who gives a fuck, man? That's none of his business. Exactly. Like, that. this isn't the place for it. Even if this fucking man addressed some, because, you know, the rumors about Cole and him leaving and Punk having a part in it, Everyone's been on been on it saying, you know, Punk has a part of it ever since he's come in. Colt has, you know, decreased his television time. And now he's just mysteriously on his way out of the company and they're deciding not to renew his contract. Look, I get Punk's frustration having it fucking being thrown at you probably multiple times a day. If Punk addressed this shit in a tweet, I don't think it would have been as impactful as this was. You know, if he had just, if somebody just said something stupid to him on Twitter and he did a reply saying, I have nothing to do with Scott Colin, that would have been fucking fine. Not to mention how you said he just won the world title 20 minutes earlier. He won the world title 20 minutes earlier on the biggest pay-per-view of the year. Right, right. And it's fucking, I can't believe this shit, man. Like, how do you have your president, your fucking CEO, the guy who brought this fucking guy in, put the world title on him twice? And he doesn't fucking do anything. He doesn't try to stop this at all. Imagine, Justin, imagine if this had been WrestleMania. Imagine we're in a WWE world earlier this year, and this had been WrestleMania, and Roman Reigns went to a press conference and did this to Brock Lesnar in front of Vince McMahon or Triple H. He would have been suspended immediately. Right. Before the the show was even over. You know what's ironic? After Clash at the Castle, the day before, they did a fucking press conference after the show. Did you see Roman Reigns fucking obliterating Brock Lesnar t- saying how unprofessional he is for walking out of fucking SmackDown two months ago? No, because he knows it's fucking business. He knows that anyone can fucking see this because like the fucking media scrum for all out, this shit's streaming on YouTube. Th- this isn't for fucking personal vendettas to be aired on fucking the internet, you know? Mm-hmm. This and, is- and also the fact that Punk went into it, like, like I had said, he wasn't even asked about Scott Colton. He literally asked the person that was about to ask a question. The person never got to ask their question. He right. literally asked them beforehand if they were friends with Scott Colton. He had this prepared. He was planning on doing this. That's where I find fault with Punk. But again, like you had said, and like I had said, the biggest fault is on fucking Tony Khan for not fucking doing anything. Oh, yeah. And Punk, had, you know he had this fucking locked and loaded. He's probably had this locked and loaded for months waiting to just fucking let loose on whoever, whoever, whoever even asked the question. I don't even, I don't even know who exactly reported it, but, and then the fucking EVP situation. It's one thing to fucking bury one of your stars under the ring of honor banner. When you're burying three fucking executives in the company, three EVPs who actually just won the fucking first trios championships in the company. Why would you you not fucking step in? You devalue the titles at that point. 
Why, why would you not fucking say something? As soon as the fucking word EVP came up, Tony Khan should have cut that shit completely. Yeah, because guess what? The fight wouldn't have fucking happened if he had stopped it right then and there. That's what I'm saying. This this whole thing is fucking ridiculous, man. Oh, you younger children, younger children. You're not even that much older than me. Shut up. (laughs) I'm a child, kind of. I don't know. If you've watched UFC, then you know that this is some of the stuff that goes on even with Dana White who runs UFC there with talk like this. Uh, The previous statement I had made being mad with Tony Khan is the fact that uh, he has coaches and and people of staff that he has hired and staff is not listening to the staff and he's doing nothing about it. That's an issue to me. CM Punk airing this dirty laundry was nothing more to me than Nothing more than just that. It was airing dirty laundry from a bitter man who is tired of hearing the same bullshit that he has to listen to week in, week out, which I would say in the world of professional wrestling and the journalism that goes on, there's only so many questions that you can ask. You can ask regarding stuff towards storylines, but then you're the journalist who looks like a goof because you're talking about storylines, which we all know are just storylines. Or you can go for the hard-hitting, ask the questions that others are afraid to ask, which we know in this case that really wasn't much of a question. More of this was already locked and loaded. But I'm going to go with the standpoint of just like UFC, I see nothing wrong with this. I see nothing wrong with this at all. What is Colt Cabana going to do now? Is he going to retaliate with a tweet? Is he going to play the woe is me card? I mean, Scotty Goldman was a hell of a character in WWE. Let's face it. It was really great. You're an asshole. Did a great job. You're an asshole. Uh, that's, that's where I'm going with this. My problem isn't shooting on people, though. It's necessary. It's more solely the fact that it was well known that this was already a hostile situation. And so if, if you're not, this isn't even again at CM Punk, like say what you say, what you want. If you're pissed off, you start saying stuff, whatever that happens in the heat of the moment. We've seen that plenty of times in the world of pro wrestling. My problem again is the fact that he's bearing multiple talents over and over again, talents that he said he was there to try and get over and that Tony Khan didn't do anything about it. My problem isn't with CM Punk as much on this one. I mean, it's, it was a little unprofessional on his part, but my problem is the fact that Tony Khan just let him keep going and didn't fucking do anything about it until after it was all over. If he had stepped up and done something, he wouldn't have had the bad publicity of CM Punk and the, uh, and the elite getting into a fight backstage, and he wouldn't have had to vacate his world title uh, again, and he wouldn't have had to vacate the trios tag team titles that were just awarded to the inaugural champions. That doesn't well, that, that, look good. That doesn't look good for the titles. That part comes in in part three. Okay, let's stick. I'm, with I'm willing. I'm willing to hear you out, then. Let's let's stick with Colt Cabana here. Okay. So, for me, who's also a huge UFC fan, knows that this is the stuff that goes on. Tony Khan pulled these media scrums literally from UFC because this is what UFC does. It's supposed to be an ask what you want type deal, which is, is which is what you've gotten out of every single one so far. Some media stick to what happens next. Some dig into the dirt. Here we got into the dirt. 
punk spewed off. Yeah, I'll say it was a little bitter. Uh, but then again, when you're asked the same shit all the time, or you hear about the same shit all the time, or the fact that you haven't been friends with this guy for, for coming up on 10 years, and probably even know the last time you actually spoke to him, you probably don't want to hear about it anymore. So yeah, I but get... here's here's my thing on that though. Have we seen Colt Cabana going on social media or going on videos over the years and destroying punk over the whole situation? No, we haven't. Like I, I get that maybe even Colt Cabana was wrong in that whole situation, which honestly, if if what we have read over the years is true, I do side with punk when it comes to the lawsuit. Colt Cabana was an asshole about it, and I give him that. But did we see Colt Cabana going on Twitter, going on YouTube, going and doing interviews? Did we see him destroying CM Punk all this time? No, he kept his mouth shut and he tried to move on from it. No, but if, that's you, why if, if you got a problem with Scott Colton, still take it up with him, take it up with somebody else. It's not something that needs to go out on the air. Well, I mean, and that's why I've called Punk a bitter man twice. I mean, when hasn't he been better in his career, though? You know, he's always said that WWE is the reason he became better, but but clearly that's not the case because he's still as bitter as he's ever been. So, I mean, I mean, here, I mean, you could even take it as maybe it is a call out. Like I said, this is the shit you see in the UFC all the time. So, like, I like this stuff. I like listening to this kind of banter. Like, Conor McGregor is fucking phenomenal when he starts like ripping the shit out of people that's entertaining i'll give it that i'll give it that it's entertaining but this is where it's different not every wrestling fan is a ufc fan so not every wrestling fan has seen this type of thing before so a lot of wrestling fans are not exactly happy with punk especially when we get into part number three and what happens after part number three so, but as far as as far as this with the Cole Cabana shit, it did not bother me at all, and it didn't bother me just because I, I'm so used to uh, this kind of stuff happening in UFC with their media scrums. Like I said, I think I'm the oddball out with this one tonight. I'm I'm the oddball. You yeah, got, you guys I've, the- I, I've got to say that you might be in this situation. Um, no disrespect to you, like we said earlier. Yes kind of frustrated with how CM Punk decided to air all the dirty laundry, more pissed off at Tony Khan for not stepping in and saying something. Yeah. And that's how I am. But you know what, when it comes to airing fucking dirty laundry and like, like I said, initially, you know, fucking punk, I'm sure he gets a ton of questions on this shit every day. He gets accusations thrown at him every fucking day. But in my opinion, this isn't the fucking place to air dirty laundry, especially with a, with a guy who's not even a part of the fucking AEW banner anymore. But, you know, fucking Tony Khan, he's he should have stepped in and fucking stopped this and nipped it right there. Agreed. See, this part, this part I disagree that he should have stopped this only because uh, this is the same shit that Dana White deals with with a lot of shit talking. But those media scrums aren't usually one fighter at a time. There's usually multiple up there, like in the beginning press conferences. And then at the end of the fights, you usually have one, you know, at least two at the same time going on. But I I didn't see uh, Tony really needing to stop this. I just, again, if you watch these after UFC, you'd understand better, I think. But uh, Well, I mean, I've watched the UFC media scrums, and that's that's also... Again, so, not all WWE or not all wrestling fans are UFC fans. Right. So not all, 
not all wrestling fans understand this type of shit. Not all wrestling fans understand it. And then also at the same time, UFC is completely real life or so we are led to believe these guys really don't like each other. Obviously these guys in AEW really don't like each other, but like it's, it's presented as in UFC. Like these guys don't like each other. These guys, these guys are fighting for real. We have to remember that professional wrestling sports entertainment, whatever you want to call it is a scripted sport. So there's a way that you should be in front of the cameras and with them promoting the they 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 promote these media scrums at the end of every one of these pay-per-views so there's a lot of fans that are watching the pay-per-view that have never seen a media scrum and they go to watch it and they believe that it's going to be scripted just like everything else so you've got a lot of fans that are coming in and expecting one thing and then they're getting bombarded with all of this and you've got to I've, I've got to imagine there's plenty of people that tuned into that media scrum saw how unprofessionally that was handled and they're probably like fuck this i don't want to watch it anymore but I'll get more into why Tony should have stepped in as your comments go on. See, I'm also okay with it because this media scrum also did double the ratings of the last media scrum on YouTube. Double or nothing only had 338,000 people, where All Out was 688,000. Still proving that uh, controversy equals ratings. But let's get into the third part, because this is uh, probably even more of the controversial shit that goes on with this. Now, CM Punk talks about the EVPs who are the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. And if you're an EVP, you don't try and middle your top baby face. Try and get your niche audience that's in the Internet to hate him for some made up bullshit. It really pisses me off. Stepping in your own dick. We're trying to fucking make money, sell out arenas, and these stupid guys think they're in the Rosada. I mean, he also said some other shit like they couldn't run a fucking target and stuff like that. And there there was a little more after this, but uh Which Justin has now started using as an insult towards me that I can't run a target. Yeah, you can't run a fucking target, bro. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was that was the main points of that though. That those were the main hard hitting points, and this is the second biggest issue that I have with this whole situation. Whether Tony Khan has taken power away from the three VPs or not, these three men are responsible for this company coming into its own. Yes, Tony Khan is equally, if not more, responsible, but Tony Khan is in the position that he is, and has you know put all this money into the company because kenny omega the young bucks cody rhodes all went to him so the idea for aew started with them it started with bte and their popularity of this the popularity of this company started with them if they are still evps and they still hold some sort of executive position punk if you have a fucking problem go to them about it might have ended the same way but it didn't need to be they didn't need to be shot at during this media scrum. I mean, maybe make subtle shots at them. We've seen people at WWE do that. And then people, you know, they'll take their guess on what it's about. But my problem is, is these comments are what led to this fight that happened after the media scrum. And this again is where Tony Khan should have fucking stepped in. If he had stopped punk in his tracks earlier on and we had just gone on plan with most of the rest of the media scrum 
this fight probably wouldn't have happened, or at least it wouldn't have happened that night. And most importantly, it wouldn't have happened that night. And that that fight couldn't have happened at an absolute worst time. You've got Punk who just regained the championship after getting injured. So he should have been being built up as a strong top world champion. And you have the elite who just, again, like I said, became the inaugural AEW World Trios Championships. All four of those titles have now been vacated. Basically, this makes the AEW World Championship look like it's been being played uh, hot potato over the past month or two, which we've all complained about WWE doing in the past. And it also, in my opinion, already makes the AEW World Trios Championships, their reputation is stained. Their first ever champions were stripped within a week. Yes, not the, the not even the elite are just as much as fault for the actual fight, and I'm, I I will get into that more later. They are just, just as much of fault. The comment so we can talk about the fight after. I'm I just said that I'm going to talk about it later. You can give me a second. This fight wouldn't have happened. At least it wouldn't have happened then. It was bad timing, and it could have been stopped by Tony Khan, which is what I was getting at. So I'll say this again. I'm just like the second part. Just like UFC, Dana White doesn't step in with any of it. This isn't UFC, though. Yeah, this isn't I know, I know it's not UFC, That's but it's the only thing you can fucking compare it to because it's the only other ones that do this type of shit. You know, uh, Impact doesn't do this. Uh, WWE just did their first one, but I'm also sure that there was, theirs was uh, wildly controlled media. This one should have been. You can't ask this. You can't ask that. AEW doesn't do that. AEW is an open forum. Uh, AEW was an open forum uh, when for the media calls that were always on, but now they've regulated it to you can only ask about what's going on for the pay-per-view. So me wanting to ask about Ultimo Dragon wanting to retire against Chris Jericho is never going to. I'm never going to find out the answer if Tony Khan would do that match. My problem with this stems later on, but it's more about the fight and, and, and so on and so forth. So so here again, I'm not upset by the comments. I'm more neutral on this one. And the only reason why I say that is because, like, again, UFC, you, you generally don't hear the fighters like calling out like people in HR or, you know, EVPs or CEOs or COOs and shit like that. You don't hear them call out people like that are the suits of the company. It's more of them talking shit about other fighters. Now, again, whether they're, they still have that actual position, you know, Cody took his role very seriously. We know that. Mm -hmm. Uh, we don't hear much about the young bucks and Kenny Omega about those roles at all. You don't hear anything about it because the last I knew was uh, Tony Khan, let them have the name, but no actual work involved to it. That was a long time ago, actually. I don't even you know remember what happened with that, but obviously there's still the EVPs at, at, to some, to, at some sort of extent. So, you know, if they still, you know, still doing that actual job, then it is what it is. Uh, 
that's my problem too, is like you just said, if we're going to compare this to UFC, let's compare this to UFC. You don't see the fighters going after management. You don't, don't see the fighters necessarily going real hard in on Dana White. You don't see them going in on the people that own the company. So if we're going to compare it to UFC, Dana White doesn't even allow that. Or if, if, it's, if it was going to happen at one point, he's obviously stopped it because they don't go after that. But my problem is we shouldn't be comparing this to, to UFC. We should be comparing it to someone like uh, a company like WWE because that is more similar to AEW. Granted, I get like what you just said, I understand you said they just started their whole media scrub. And for all we know, Clash of the Castle could have been the only one they did. But it's more so than him going after Cole Cabana before is him going after executives in the company. Like that should be not allowed on any basis, whether it's AEW, WWE or UFC. Absolutely unacceptable. And I agree with Alex. That, that's another thing. I don't think we should be comparing this to UFC. This is professional wrestling. This is AEW. And, you know, like, imagine yes, how insane. imagine how this looks. Yeah. Imagine how this fucking looks when yeah, your world champion, your fucking flag bearer for your company, is fucking trashing your EVPs. You know, it doesn't, it's not a good look for your fucking company. <laughs> then blame Tony Khan. I am. I, we have been blaming Tony Khan. But you can't, you can't blame... I don't blame Tony Khan for not saying anything. It's it's a media scrum. You're asked a question. He went deeper than deep. I'm okay with it. It doesn't bother me. But like, no, no, he wasn't like, asked. No, a, no one asked a question about Cole Cabana and CM Punk felt the need to fucking go off. Nobody asked them. Nobody asked Punk a question about the EVPs either. So it wasn't an open forum. He was just going there to talk shit. Like yes, like like I said, CM Punk talk shit. Do whatever you want. Like you're not going to be able to control all the talent. Tony Khan fucked up here. I'm fine with it. You know why I'm fine with it? Because he didn't he do it behind their backs. He did it in front of everybody. That's I don't why think I'm that's. Okay I don't think that's a that's good look. That's why I'm okay it. with it. I would rather have someone talk shit to me, or talk shit about me, where I know I'm still in the same building where I can fucking get, see them, where I can still call them out on their bullshit and fucking get right up to them. It's the shit that happens behind closed doors. And Punk went out there and Punk fucking laid it all on the line. Here I am, motherfuckers. Here I am. They found him. He also did it in front of a camera where, like, you know that Kenny and the Bucks cannot just barge into that media scrum and start beating the shit out of him right then and there. I mean, Punk himself, Punk himself probably would have welcomed it. He probably wouldn't have given a fuck. He probably would have started fighting there. But like, you, you, that's still not the same thing as just saying it to their face. But then again, for all we know, we don't know everything that goes on behind closed doors. We don't know that they haven't already had conversation face to face before. And I will say this. There's the EVP sides. There's Punk side. And then there's the real there's side. There's the truth. Side. Yep. And there's the truth. There we That's go. Fair. That's fair. And and like we said at the beginning of this, this is just all of us reacting personally to to the events that happen. There there is probably real sides that that none of us know. And then that is kind of where the AEW 
um, legal team is at right now with kind of deciding how this whole thing goes because there were neutral parties that did see the whole entire thing. We're all just kind of reacting off of what we know. Justin, you look you look like you're ready to go off about something. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting there, man. Holy shit. <laughs> I can't wait. You look hyped up, brother. Someone's blood boiling, huh? Oh, yeah. I and, it's fucking heated right now and, and lee take no offense to any things i said against you obviously they were not uh, an attack on you at all we're just all very high strong about professional wrestling and all have our opinions on this and we're all giving our own sides i don't give a shit i feel like the rob hockman of the show right now <laughs> <laughs> shout out to you rob we gotta get him back on i miss that guy a little bit yeah me too he would have been perfect for this episode he would have, to be honest. Former WWE writer and all the bad shit going on with AEW. Holy fuck. Can you imagine? Oh, man, that'd be uh, great. Damn. All right. Let's so continue. anyway. Okay. So you guys are all fired up, mad at Punk. I'm not mad at Punk personally. I re- it doesn't bother me any of the stuff he said. Correction, uh, I'm more mad at I'm personally more mad at Tony Khan than Punk. And I'm only mad at Tony Khan for the coaching with the the stat with the wrestlers not wanting to listen about slowing down and this and that and basically just doing whatever the fuck they want. Um, as far as being mad about Tony Khan should have stopped CM Punk. I'm not mad about that. I mean, it didn't bother me at all. Uh, where I am bothered is there was a gaggle of elites that came a knocking. A gaggle on CM Punk's door. Yes, a gaggle. Because uh, if one of you guys could pull up the list of suspensions that came after, we'll talk about that, too. I, I know them off the top of my head, actually. Oh, okay. Well, we're, we're good there. Yeah. So, yes, it's a gaggle of elites. Because as Justin has seen, of all the names suspended, you can kind of tell what side they're more on. So they... they Omega, the Bucks... Some others apparently get in Punk's locker room, and it's seemingly Punk and Ace Steel versus the gaggle of elites. Uh, we hear that uh, someone got knocked out, a chair was thrown, and I believe it was Kenny Omega got bit. Yep. Lee, do you remember a week ago when you didn't know who Ace Steel was? Yeah. Now, <laughs> now I've got a great idea. So... This is how he's known now for me. <laughs> Quick thing on Ace Steel. I saw the, the funniest goddamn thing on Facebook earlier this week. And it was it was after this whole thing went down. And it was just a it was a picture of Ace Steel. I I, I can't remember if it was after Punk won the world title or if it was after the, the promo that they did on the, the final dynamite um before all out but it was showed a steel and it was like a zoom in on his face and like his eyes were all wide open and his mouth was like half open and the caption just said this man over here looking like a rabid dog no wonder he bit kenny omega yeah yeah no for real in all serious like if you take a picture of a fucking uh english bulldog and a fucking pug and you mix them together on like uh adobe it comes up as a steel identical just saying. Anyway, fight breaks out. Obviously, others get involved, try and break it up. And this is where uh, more issues come into play, because during the match, Alex, it's it's perceived that uh, CM Punk is injured. 
and will be out for eight to nine months now. And as a result of the fight, your trio champions, your very first trio champions, uh, those titles are vacated, and CM Punk's title is vacated. No interim champions this time. No, no like you normally get. Vacated. Straight up vacated. Tony Khan was on AEW Dynamite. Didn't necessarily address issues at hand. Just addressed that the championships were vacated. And we saw we have new trio champions, including a first uh, double champion with Pac. Congratulations. Well deserved. Mm-hmm. Now, the issue here for everybody... And we'll talk about more of everything else after the suspensions and everything. Let's talk about the issue of the fight. Now, I say this is where, and I'll, I'll say this, I've interviewed Kenny Omega in 2015. I interviewed the Young Bucks 2015, both in Syracuse, New York. It was December 7th, I believe, was the date. And it was a Sunday. It was a double show. And AJ Styles was on the show because two months later he de- he debuted in the WWE Royal Rumble at number three, February of 2016. That's how I know that little piece of history. I was Ooh. at one of I was at one of his very last indie shows. He had two more after that, and it was it. Fancy. Thank you. So my issue here is with the fight. Punk started with the words. Now, again, three sides to a story. We don't necessarily know that EVPs did what Punk said, going and spreading lies to the to the dirt sheets and things like that. My, my problem is the fight. You obviously know you have more than, you know, what's in that locker room. I get heat of the moment. I get it and put, like... These guys, like, I, I really can't say shit. They're like my fucking age for crying out loud. Kenny Omega is literally my age. Actually, I think a little older. Right. I also want to say at that age, even though a grown man had, you know, seemingly just talked shit to you, why are you as grown men trying to act like a fucking gaggle of <clears throat> geek at Sunia Swigo and try and chew the shit out of somebody? Like, Now I know this is where you would, uh, you know, I, I should be saying, you know, they should be the bigger man and this and that, you know, but at the same time, they're heated. They want the confrontation. They wanted to confront CM Punk. He just talked shit about them. They're heated. They're hot. And he did also just say that if you have a problem, come fucking talk to me. Yeah, they, they, they did what he yeah. asked. Yeah. Now, now, what I want to say part of that is dude, the whole entire fight itself is still a lot of we kind of know what happened during the fight. A lot of the beginning stages of the, the fight have still not been completely made clear. There's a lot we still don't know. We don't know, like, we, we know that Kenny and the Bucks went to Punk's locker room. We don't know who actually threw the first punch yet, for sure. There's been multiple different reports, all stating different things. So we don't know if Punk threw the first punch. We don't know if, um, I, I believe it was the other side said that it was believed that Nick Jackson may have thrown the first punch. Um, but we don't, we don't know for sure what started there. So I, on this one, I have to stay neutral because I don't know how the fight started. 
However, there was a lot more friends of the elite involved in the fight than there was of Punk. My biggest question out of those involved in the fight, there's one man in there that I've, I've, I've known to have been friends with both sides. And so I kind of want to know what happened with him. And that's Christopher Daniels. Christopher Daniels was one that I was surprised to see have been involved in this whole scenario because obviously Christopher Daniels, SCU, they've, they've all gone way back with the elite, but Christopher Daniels also came up in ring of honor with CM Punk and they kind of came into the business together at the same time. So I don't really know where Christopher Daniels sits on there. So this one, this one, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to shoot as much on, this particular topic because i don't know who started the fight what i will say is that no matter what it probably shouldn't have happened right and that's you know the biggest thing we don't know who started this we've heard conflicting reports on both sides punk took a swing at the young bucks one of the young bucks took a swing at punk who knows if we'll ever know the truth you know that's that to be honest, we, we don't know if we'll ever know the fucking truth. But this whole situation, it shouldn't have fucking happened. And, you know, I'll go into who was suspended. Obviously, you have your perpetrators, CM Punk, Ace Steel, the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, Kenny Omega, uh, Christopher Daniels, who Alex just mentioned, who was trying to defuse the situation, as well as Brandon Cutler was also trying to defuse the situation. I also heard Michael Nakazawa was trying to do the same, but I haven't, I can't confirm if he had been given a suspension or not. So I'm not going to um, Michael Nakazawa has also been suspended. He has. Okay. Um, I have this, I just have this weird vision in my head of Michael Nakazawa not walking in, not going, knowing what the fuck was going on and just swinging at everybody, every single person in the entire room. Yeah, I can honestly imagine him ducking a lot during all this. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, the thing with Ace Steel throwing a chair at Nick Jackson and supposedly knocking him out. Uh, Kenny Omega, <laughs> he picks up Punk's dog Larry to just get him out of the situation completely. And he gets bit like a dog for it. <laughs> right, and that's that's the one thing I will give Kenny, because that one's been kind of confirmed by multiple re- reports. We're all animal lovers here. The one thing I will give Kenny Omega is that it was a good thing on his part getting getting Punk's dog out of trying to at least get Punk's dog out of the way of the whole thing so Larry didn't end up hurt. Because all of us as wrestling fans love Larry. Doesn't matter if you're mad at CM Punk or not. We love Larry. Right. And- Dude, can you imagine if it was Cody Rhodes instead of CM Punk and Pharaoh had been in the room? Oh, uh, Co- Cody would have lost his shit. <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then and... cried after. <laughs> he cries in every promo. Leave him alone. He's a Rhodes, damn it. He's supposed to cry in every promo. Yeah. Just like, he... a, just like every flair is supposed to blade in every match. Take notes, Charlotte. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cody Rhodes had a WrestleMania match with the Big Show. You really think Big Show didn't teach him how to cry? No, maybe Too maybe straight. Cody's taking lessons from Dominic Mysterio now. Dude, it's supposed to be a family thing. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Yeah, I don't even know what the fuck. Oh, yeah. So the media scrum, you know, they were probably fucking up in arms when they saw police running past to the back when fucking Swerve and Our Glory was out there doing their part of the media scrum. Keith Lee and Swerve were probably, what the fuck is going on? And I think somebody had to come out and tell Tony Khan, like, hey, some shit's going down in the back. 
Yeah, it was literally it was Ace Steel. Ace yeah. Steel came back out and said something. I I, I want to know what the timeline was though. I want to know if he bit Kenny Omega after he told Tony Khan about the fight, or if he bit him and then went and tattled. I'm gonna say before and then he went and tattled. Yeah, he definitely bit and then tattled. <laughs> He's like, uh, Kenny Omega. I may have just given him rabies. But so, yeah, no, I, I, I'm again, I'm, I'm going to take a, a middle stance of this because there's just not enough information known yet as to how the fight actually started. But it shouldn't have happened regardless. It's a bad look on the company. Yeah, I'm all in agreement on that. Until I know exactly who started this, obviously we know the Young Bucks and Kenny went to the locker room to confront Punk. Till I know who started this with throwing swings at each other, I, I can't really take any sides. And don't get me wrong, yes, I have some, had some bad things about Punk and Tony Khan, but if it comes out that Nick and Matt Jackson and Kenny Omega came in swinging first, I will absolutely say that they were in the wrong. Yes, absolutely. So I will say this. If Punk swung first, Punk should be fired. If it's someone from the elite that swung first, I don't care who it is, Matt, Nick, Kenny, they should be fired. End of story. That's where I'm going to leave it at that. Only I because I only because I think it boils down to who swung first. Mm-hmm. That's what it boils down to, in my opinion, who swung first. Because at that point, if it was the talent of CM Punk. Well, he's a talent that you you do stuff like that. You let them go. But if it's someone who's also supposed to be a suit for the company swinging first, you are 100% supposed to know better and your mm-hmm. ass should be out the door no matter what. And if you're a buck, well, then you fucking figure out how to have a singles run somewhere else. Oh, you know, if one of them goes, the other one's going to leave too. Oh, well, yeah, they're going to fucking play. Well, I can't do this without my brother. But yeah, no, if it was Punk that swung first, though, whether whether they're all talent or not, you are still swinging on an executive. Like that's that's the same idea as if somebody um, while he was still wrestling and was COO, that that would be the equivalent of somebody went off and fucking attacked Triple H backstage in WWE. Uh, you know, they, they would have most likely still been fired. So I, I agree with you 100%. Lee, I think whoever threw the first punch should be fired. That's the only reason I almost, almost think, and I'm not going to say that it did happen. I almost think that punk might've swung first because there has been a lot of talk about CM punk being fired, but we also don't know if that's from his comments from the media scrum, but we, we won't know more. And probably I have a feeling we're not going to know more for months to come. Yeah. And you know what? I'm I'm glad they were handing out fucking suspensions and all this because I brought it up to you guys the next day. You know, fucking two weeks ago or three weeks ago, Eddie Kingston came up to Sammy Guevara fucking taking swings and he got a two-week suspension. Think about it. This is almost the exact same fucking situation except one was in a fucking ring, one was at a fucking media scrum. Really think about it. Really absorb it. Mm -hmm. You know, if fucking Omega and the Bucks and Punk showed up on Dynamite, that ain't fucking right. If there's no fucking reprimand from whatsoever. And you yeah. know what? They fucking Benwad them on Dynamite. You know, not one fucking mention. No, None of them. Yeah. Even when they were showing the promo of MJF's return, not one fucking time did they show CM Punk. They took Punk and the and Omega and the Bucks out of the intro. They're fucking gone from that. Fucking, you know, if you're a casual fan too, imagine turning on Dynamite and you see Tony Khan going, 
Yeah, so now the World Championship and the World Trios Championships are vacant, but not saying why. You're probably sitting there like, what the fuck? What? How? What? Well, it's also my understanding that Tony Khan said as much as he was legally allowed to and on I'm Dynamite. Sure and I, I think that's part of why everybody was taken out of the intro, too, is because legally this thing's not over yet. Oh, and absolutely. so it, I, that leads me to believe that it is, it is very possible that everybody involved could be in, could possibly be fired. I don't I don't think anybody from the situation is safe at this moment. No. Um, but I think absolutely everybody involved deserved to be suspended. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. And here here's my other thing though about this. Justin we are figure collectors and we talked about this on perched on the top shelf episode five that you can find on YouTube and Apple perched on the top rope. CM Punk has like six fucking figures coming out with AEW literally like six. Am I right, Justin? Yeah, it was quite a bit. He just had a Walmart exclusive. He's got the regular on the chase. And then he's got, we saw three more that were just revealed yesterday that we announced on our show. Mm-hmm. That's six figures right there. You know, so you get rid of him, do those figures come out? What do you, you I know think, what happens? I, I think it all depends on how far in production they are. It's seven because there was the LJN one too style. Right. You know? Guys, since we're talking about the fight real quickly, I have some pretty quick breaking news. Okay. So this is not AEW related, but we're going to talk about it because Lee compared this press conference to UFC. And we're going to talk about this real quick. Dana White called off the UFC 279 press conference release because of a fight that broke out backstage between six fighters. I'm going to read this real quick. We're going to talk about it for a quick second because this is very this is very similar to what just happened in AEW. Mm-hmm. So the original article says Dana White has called off the UFC 279 pre-fight conference citing safety concerns. The pay-per-view will be headlined by Kazmat Shemaev and Nate Diaz in what will be the latter's final fight. ESPN's Brett Akamoto reported that Diaz and Shemaev have entered into a verbal contract for the fight. The undefeated welterweight champion will face off against Diaz at the UFC 279 and a headlighting bout on September 10th. Um, Diaz has been apparently demanding, uh, for Dana White to grant him this final match. Um, he even threatened to quit the promotion. It has essentially this whole entire press conference got called off because Nate Kazmat and like four other fighters ended up getting in a fight backstage. What the hell is going on with these press conferences lately? So, but Dana White had the smarts to call all of the rest of it off. I mean, granted, the fight happened halfway through the conference, but I mean, the fight happened halfway through the conference for AEW, but still. Yeah, that one happened at like the after fights, though. This is like even like before the events even happened, like the you know, um, we got to start having more security at all of these press conferences. Well, you know, that's another thing I was I was going to bring up. Do you These think like, this is happened. the last time we're going to see a media scrum from AEW? Do you think they're going to attempt this again? Yeah. Did, did, I mean, I don't know if you listened earlier, but 
between the last media scrum from the last pay per view, which was uh, what all or nothing or whatever, double or nothing, yeah, double or nothing, and then to this one, it doubled. Yeah, well, I've got to. I've got to imagine that yeah. they're gonna they're gonna use that to get more people to watch. They're not gonna reference what happened, but there's gonna be so many more people tuning into these press conferences for AEW now afterwards after all this yeah. happened because they're gonna want to see more of this. They're gonna want to see the curtain pulled back. So I don't think they stop. No, yeah, I, I don't either. I, I was just I was just under the impression that the possibility of them stopping it, like you said, with the UFC 279 press conference of you know being called off due to safety concerns and you know i feel like you just want to avoid another situation like this but who, who knows I'm i not think i want to ditch the media scrum completely but just, just i think i think maybe they don't do the media scrums for like the non-major pay-per-views but i think if, if they're if they're gonna scale back at all i think it'll just be like you you won't see them happen at like full gear or revolution but i think i think no matter what i think you'll still see them for double or nothing at all out I think you'll see them no matter what. Um, but I think you'll see a little more AEW control on it. Like you can only ask about regarding to storylines or this person's character and things like that. Or like who they want to face next, what's next to come, so on. The same typical bullshit fucking questions people ask, you know, when you listen to the same YouTube interview. But if you want to listen to a different interview, uh, go to youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. Because as a journalist here, I ask all the questions other journalists don't. And that's what it is. You know, it'll be controlled It'll be all the same questions that you hear time and time again. That's not fun. You know, you can tell when it's regulated. That these are not regulated, and that's what makes it interesting. CM Punk literally just made it interesting. And all I can say is, whether it's good press or, or bad press, it's press. You're out there. You're known. It's known. Look at all the dirt sheets covering this. Look at all the non-wrestling dirt sheets, you know, that now cover professional wrestling. And now, literally, we've been sitting here talking for over an hour about this. You know, like, it doesn't get much more entertaining than what we got at the All Out Media Scrum. Let's be honest. That you I will might, give you. I will give you might, that. It's entertaining. You might not have liked what was said, but it was entertaining. Yeah. Because it's almost a week later and we're still talking about it. We're still learning things about it. We're still hyped up about it. Exactly. You know, it. so to me, you know, when I'm sitting here, everyone's getting all hyped up and hyped up and hyped up. I'm like, I didn't see anything wrong with it. I thought it was awesome. Well, and that's the thing. Yes, we, we we all get hyped up about it because we're we're all very emotional about this sport or show or whatever that we love. And whether, you know, we're saying this person should be fired, this person should be fired, this person should be suspended, this person was right, this person was wrong. We were all captivated. And when was the last time that people were this captivated to real life things that were going on 
behind the scenes in wrestling. It was basically the attitude era. You saw, you know, a couple of things here and there after the attitude era backstage that made everybody want to know what was going on. You know, edge and Matt Hardy is, is a good, um, good one to bring up, you know, CM Punk leaving WWE was a good one to bring up, um, you know, some stuff with Ryback or John Moxley leaving the company here and there, mostly the, the edge and Matt Hardy one is the one I want to talk about, but um, like we, we really haven't seen this many people, be this interested in what's going on behind the scenes since basically the Monday night wars. Yeah, no, this just like really brought it more in, in, into fruition here now with all that. And, and I personally think it's great. I mean, like I said, did you not get a CM punk ring of honor vibe out of it? I did. Did it you not? Get me, some... It gave me more of Bret Hart attitude era vibes. If we're being completely honest, this game, this game, this gave me a real big Bret Hart vibe. And if you don't like your tough shit, that was a good impression. Thank you. I hate Bill Goldberg. <laughs> Still does. I've said it before. I've said it again. I think CM Punk is the modern day version of Bret Hart. To an out of all, yeah, out of all of this. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Out of all of this, my biggest issue is Tony Khan, but for different reasons than you guys have. You guys want, you know, he should have stopped it. He should have stopped it. My issue with Tony Khan is the fact that you've got a a billionaire who owns the Jacksonville Jaguars and a bunch of other shit. And a kid who's using his inheritance, who for all intents and purposes is nothing more than a million dollar mark, who started a wrestling company because a bunch of youngsters convinced him to use his money uh, at times fairly stupidly. Because some, some, a lot of things have been really, really big trial and error for AEW. And this is another trial and error. He says youngsters, but in the same breath also said that they were basically the same age as him. <laughs> That's making a point, brother. I'm not shooting on you. I'm just making a point. Fuck you, right? I did. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. But yeah, no, if we're going to wrap this all back around into something that all three of us agree on, I think it is the fact that do I called Tony Khan a failure earlier. I think he was a failure that night. I don't think he's a failure overall i think the one thing that we can all agree on is that he he needs to tighten the straps a little bit he needs to rein in everybody and he needs to be very adamant with everybody that this is my show you're gonna do what i say you're gonna listen to the coaches you're not gonna shoot on people if i don't tell you that it's okay he basically in my opinion i think he he needs to he needs to put his foot down with a lot of different people and look, that's another thing. They just had another fucking talent meeting this past week at Dynamite. The second one in like a month, you know? And before you had Omega and the Bucks kind of presiding over it, can't fucking do that now. So now you had to have uh, Jericho and Brian Danielson and Moxley, which, you know. I think I think that those were better choices of people to talk to everybody and kind of put Honestly, them into place, though, so. because, because the three of them – Every I think everybody knows in real life the three of them will not put up with anybody's bullshit. Yeah, right. Take the former WWE guys to lead the AEW locker room. 
Yeah, but also that's maybe maybe something that they needed at that point. You know, here's what I'm going to tell you. You know what that locker room needs? It needs the fucking Iron Sheik because he needs to go in there and start fucking breaking backs to some of these youngsters and making them fucking humble. That's what AEW locker room needs. It needs the Iron Sheik. I, I do knew, I do agree that they need kind of an Undertaker type leader in the locker room. To be honest, Red Azar, what are you doing right now? Honestly, I, I think that's actually a really good role for John Moxley to step into, and from my understanding, that's kind of the role that he has been stepping into. Uh, that this is the one thing I'm going to say too. Uh, not even about anybody, you know, throughout everything that has happened over the past couple months, with all the heat that's been on everybody between CM Punk, Hangman Adam Page, Ace Steel, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, um, you know, Michael Nakazawa, Brandon Cutler, Christopher Daniels, the MVP throughout all of this, who has I think kept most everybody else together and who has basically carried the company is john fucking moxley 100 percent, absolutely that man is i i think he is the real locker room leader um maybe along with someone like chris jericho i would say brian danielson he, i just don't know that he's been there long enough to assume that role but um i i think that i think john moxley talking some fucking sense into people and basically threatening to kick their asses if they don't start listening. I think John Moxley is exactly what that locker room needs right now. And I think he needs to start fucking threatening people. Yeah. Don't fuck with Moxley. There's a reason why WWE does this better than AEW. It has better structure. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have wrestlers in positions that wrestlers have no should 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 not be in those positions let's be honest your talent relations people in wwe are not former wwe superstars you know you 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 shouldn't be using former wrestlers to try and smooth things over you should have someone who has done that for other larger companies that need that not trying to fucking be everybody's friend that you sometimes get when a wrestler takes a position in a company that is not meant for them. I think one of the biggest problems that other companies have seen too, is they saw triple H take over the, the talent relations position at one point and they want, Oh, we can put all sorts of other wrestlers in executive roles. Whereas triple H is obviously a very different scenario. He, he has even gone on record saying himself before when he was a talent, before he even stepped foot into an executive position, Vince was training him on how to do that position for probably 10 years before he even took it. Yeah, and here's the thing. What's so much different from that to this is, like I said, your HR people, your talent relations, this and that. If you want wrestlers in in positions, it should be like, to an extent, the writing. It should be the writing. They know what needs to be done there. It should Mm -hmm. be producers a lot of wrestlers are producers because they are the ones that like draw up the matches and things like that 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 those are the positions they should hold it shouldn't be triple h is honestly an exception you know he studied the ins and outs of the ring in in everything to that nature and And he did it before he even took the position because he knew that something like this could possibly become an issue like it's even on record that like when he got into the company, he said, man, I'm going to run this company one day. 
you know, so like even back then he knew before anything had happened, like that's what he wanted. And he set that goal for himself and that's where he is now. In, and while we're, while we're comparing this whole situation to WWE, let's, well, let's look at two very kind of similar situations. You've got AEW where there is this giant heat between CM Punk and the elite. And we saw how it ended with them getting in a fight after a pay-per-view scrum. Let's go over to WWE where there's very much so still heat between Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle. You didn't see them getting in a fight backstage. Instead, you saw them put on one of the best matches we've seen this year. They took the real life heat and they turned it into chemistry. And that's what should be happening in professional wrestling. Well, that's also because WWE, you know, in those positions with talent relations and HR knows how to sit these motherfuckers down and say, hey, look, y'all got to work together. Y'all got to get along for this. It's not like Alexa Bliss and Sasha Banks where Sasha Banks is throwing cheap shots at Alexa Bliss in the ring because Sasha Banks is a piece of shit. Right. Well, I mean, Matt Hardy even kind of like gave um, a similar situation this past week. He did like he did an interview and while he didn't bring up the whole uh, fight and everything that happened, he did kind of make a point to kind of bring up a similar situation of when he was in WWE, when there was the real life blood feud between him and edge after everything went down with him, edge and Lita, where Vince McMahon brought Matt Hardy and edge into his office. I believe it was before their SummerSlam match. And he sat them down and he's like, you realize that I own this company, correct? And they said, yes. And they were like, you realize I own this ring. I rented out this arena for the night. So I own the arena. I rent, I have you guys under talent. So when you are on television, I own what you do. And according to Matt Hardy, they both said yes. And he said, good. So if you guys decide to shoot on either one of each other during this match, you guys are both fucking fired. Situations like that. Tony Khan should have said something before when he knew there was issues he should have pulled people into his office and said, hey, if you guys are actually going to shoot on each other and this is going to become an actual issue backstage, I'll fire both of you. I'll fire all of you. And, and that goes back to, Lee, what you said, structure. I, I think AEW needs a little more structure. I don't think this is the end of, for them. I think this is probably going to be the hardest time that they go through, um, well, at least for right now. But they need more the, structure. But what the fuck? You, you give someone a higher position in talent relations with Pat Buck, and he's one of the ones fucking suspended. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. I forgot about that. But, I mean, what the fuck? This isn't his first fight he's gotten in backstage, too. He got in a fight with W. Morrissey when W. Morrissey was going through his shit, too. These are positions right. you shouldn't be giving the fucking wrestlers. I'm just, I'm fucking calling it. Producer is fine. Making someone part of talent relations who was a wrestler and has never done that position or this or that, or doesn't have the education for it, whatever, however you want to fucking word it. I don't really care, but you've got people in head positions in the company that you suspended for a fucking fight. I think the only time that it's really okay is basically if, if, you know, it's somebody who's obviously universally liked who has never gotten into any sort of trouble, never gotten into any altercations and has been studying the job and learning the job for a long period of time. This company isn't even old enough to be putting wrestlers in positions of power. If you ask, if you ask me, yes, they came up with the idea of the company, but if you ask me, Cody Rhodes, the young bucks, 
Kenny Omega should have never been given executive positions in the first place if they were still going to be talent on television. The and only exception, the the only exception that has ever been okay in my book is Triple H. And smart of fucking Cody to see the writing on the wall there and dip. Speaking of which, did you guys see Brandy Rhodes' tweet? I did not. She, uh, it, it, it was, it was pretty much assumed that this was in reference to everything going on. And she was like, her tweet basically said, man, I've been too fucking nice. Basically oh, throwing yeah. shots at the fact yeah, that, you know, yeah. they threw punches and she, she was probably professional. And from what I've heard from all intents and purposes, Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes were very professional in their jobs and that rubbed some people the wrong way. But it basically, it came down to her being like alluding that she had been too nice to too many people. Right. So many fans are against punk on this whole situation. And uh, many fans are also against Tony Khan in the situation. As we heard when Tony Khan made the announcement on AEW dynamite about vacating the championships, uh, he was booed. He was booed before he even said anything. He was booed as his screen came up. But look, even, even if this situation didn't happen, as we mentioned earlier, Punk is injured. He's going to be out, you know, eight to nine months from what sounds to be a torn tricep. So these titles would have been vacated or you would have had an interim champion anyway. Yeah. Uh, as far as the the trios, it's an unfortunate, but. I mean, I'm, I'm glad Death Triangle was able to make a best out of a bad situation. You yeah, know? absolutely. Oh, and the yeah. other thing too is is if suspensions are all that is given over this whole entire situation, this suspension essentially means nothing to CM Punk. He was going to be out regardless. The only way that this has any effect on him is if they decide that they're not going to pay him for a portion of that time or if he's fired. Yeah, that's another thing I wanted to ask you guys. So from what it sounds like, Tony Khan had a Zoom meeting with uh, Ace Steel and CM Punk the day before Dynamite. Do you think the best way to word this, I would say, do you think they were talking about a possible exit plan for CM Punk? Do you think this is the end of the AEW run with CM Punk and more than likely the end of his professional wrestling run? Well, a lot of the dirt sheets said, yeah, that's exactly what it was, that it was them trying to draw up an exit plan for him. But my opinion is that only three people know how that conversation went. Right. So, you know, Tony Khan and Ace Steel. And until we find out through watching on television or one of them say something or an announcement is made, I honestly have no idea. And speaking of an announcement being made, um, that's kind of where I sit as well. I feel like if, if Punk and Ace Steel were going to be fired over this whole thing from a management standpoint, not talking from a legal standpoint, because obviously there's legality still going on from a management standpoint. If Punk was going to be fired, he already would have, and they would have made an announcement. They wouldn't have just let CM Punk go without saying anything. WWE might've gone that route about 10 years ago, but I don't think AEW would have. They're, they're very notable, you know, when there was the Jimmy Havoc situation or in the early days of AEW, when there was um, alleged uh, abuse allegations towards him, AEW was very open with saying that they released him and that he was not working for the company anymore. I don't see them 
I don't see them releasing one of their biggest stars without saying anything. If so, in my opinion, if if they're still waiting on legalities to figure it out, we're going to wait on an announcement. If they're not waiting on legalities to decide whether he's fired or not, he's not getting fired because they would have announced it already. Okay. Honestly, yeah, at the end of yeah. all this, I see Omega and the Bucks losing their spots as EVPs in this company. I think I think they should. Uh, that's the one thing I'm going to go with on this, regardless of of if they threw the punch first or not. They got in a brawl backstage with talent, whether they yeah. are talent or two. That's that that doesn't matter in this situation. Um, your your EVPs, you shouldn't be fighting with other talent. You're supposed to be an example to people. Whereas Punk should have been too with being world champion. Um, but I I think the the correct response here. I I don't think Kenny Omega and the Bucks should be allowed to be EVPs anymore. Long term, I think this is going to eventually lead to the elite leaving the company. Very possible. You want to know how you punish them all when they come back? You're regulated. Put them in a group with Danhausen. Can you mute him? I was doing that anyway. Good. So All right, what, ladies and gentlemen, Justin's muted, so it's just me and Lee talking for right now. So here's what you do. In in all honesty, you like you know when you bring them back, you just you just can't put them in a top spot and this and that. One week you have CM Punk come out and apologize on Dynamite. The following week on Dynamite, you have the Bucks and Kenny Omega come out and apologize. After that, I don't care what your fucking names are. Uh, you can be regulated to YouTube, AEW Dark, and Dark Elevation. And you can work with a lot of the younger talent and help them. And you know what? You're probably going to lose to one or two of them too while you're at it. Because I'm the boss. But that's the difference between Tony Khan and at the time Vince McMahon. Vince has a backbone. One's a mark. Speaking oh, of that, you can find oh, Justin ahead. and I next week at AEW Dynamite, by the way, as I'm just shitting all over the product, in Albany, New York, where we will see Chris Jericho. I believe Jericho uh, will be there i believe we will also be seeing part of the uh aew world championship i but... think justin wants to say something i think oh, you should unmute thank him. you oh my god wait did you just figure out that you could unmute yourself wait are you fucking kidding me anyway um yeah so as lee was, was saying we will be at aew dynamite in albany new york next week we will be seeing the semi-finals of the AEW Championship Tournament. We'll be seeing Brian Danielson take on Chris Jericho, as well as we will see John Moxley taking on, and Lee, Alex, I don't know if you want me to spoil who uh, John Moxley is going to be taking on. I'm going to be there, so I don't, whatever. Okay. Well, anyone who's, uh, anyone who doesn't want to hear, you know, fast forward, like, 15 seconds or so. It's going to be Sammy Guevara versus John Moxley in the semifinal match in the tournament. And the winner of that will go on to face the winners of the semifinals at Grand Slam in the finals 
to crown a new AEW World Championship, which I will actually be at as well. So I'm going to be seeing this whole tournament live, overseeing it, you know? You know, Justin, I know you and I were, well, all three of us really, we in our group chat, we were talking last night about who we thought should win or would win the AEW um, World Title Tournament. Obviously, my original choice of Hangman Adam Page is out, which honestly, now that I've thought about it, not too shocking because I think Adam Page, while he may not have done anything wrong the other night, is a little too close for this situation. And I think making him champion might have made things worse. I am going to re-choose my pick. And personally, I think Brian Danielson should come out of this as the world champion. I'm going with John Moxley. That's fair. That's fair. Lee? I don't think I wanna I don't think I wanna see Moxley win, to be honest with you. I don't have a problem with Moxley as champion. I just I think that we need something fresh. Yeah, and I don't want an already previous AEW champion. I want someone like new. I wish I wish Danhausen was in the tournament because I'd say Danhausen all day, but it's a tournament no. of champions. Fuck that. So yeah, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go. I'm going to agree with Alex. Go okay. with Brian. I I think we're going to see Moxley just judging by the promo of MJF on Dynamite, and that's going to be the direction they go in towards full gear. It would be kind of cool to see Brian Danielson as champion, though, because if they go with Brian Danielson and MJF, you get kind of more of an unfiltered version of what Daniel Bryan and The Miz could have been. Look, yeah, I'm not saying if Daniel, if Brian Danielson wins this, I'm going to be upset about it. Absolutely. I'm absolutely for da- Brian Danielson winning the AEW world title. But just judging by what it looks like they're going for storyline-wise, I think it's going to be Moxley. All I've got to say is... The only person I really don't want to see win the tournament is Chris Jericho. I, you know, granted, I respect how he handled the whole situation and kind of stepped up as well. I just don't think that the future of AEW needs that. I think Chris can bring views and bring ratings and bring money to the company without having the world championship. It, it, it worked him being the first world champion because they needed it at that time. They didn't have as many established stars, but I don't think Jericho needs it now. So me personally, as long as Jericho is not the winner of the tournament, I think I think the fans win regardless. Although they might all shit on everybody if Sammy Guevara wins, but I let's be honest, we don't see that happening. No, I think we're getting Blackpool Combat Club in the finals, Brian and Moxley. Oh, dude, that'll be so great. Mox Brian part two. Yep. I could be um yeah. I would like that. Which, by the way, even though Hangman Page didn't advance in the tournament, can we talk about how him and Brian Danielson had yet again another banger on Dynamite? Those two have insane in-ring chemistry. Oh, absolutely. I was actually at the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey for the first Dynamite this year, and they opened the show. And let me tell you, man, that was the most electric and most into it a crowd I've, I've been a part of in a long, long fucking time. Yeah, I definitely hope that at some point they go back to Danielson, Hangman Page, because that could be a feud that could make that company some money. Like, if they put an actual story behind it, that could be a feud that makes some actual money. The first match was basically 
or Danielson wanted the championship. Hangman was champion. So they didn't really need to build anything there. This one, just a tournament match. Put some actual storyline into it, and man, they could run with Danielson, Hangman, Page. And, you know, they are tied 1-1-1 one, one, and one now. One draw, Hangman won, and uh, Danielson won. So yep. need that tiebreaker. Yep, I'm down. Dude, I am all for it. I'm all for it. I'm a huge – everything you guys just said, I'm, I'm good with. Anyway, this has been another episode of Perched on the Top Rope. Ladies and gentlemen, you can catch us on YouTube where you can check out Alex's fantastic video editing skills in our fantastic interviews with the likes of Kurt Angle, Booker T, Vince Russo, and many more. You can check them out at youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. You can also check out episodes of Perched on the Top Shelf on YouTube as well. Same link. You can listen to this podcast anywhere and everywhere podcasts are found from Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Red Circle, Podbean, Podbay, you name it. We are on it, and it's Perched on the Top Rope. You can find us on Facebook at at facebook.com slash perched on the top rope where we have broken over 10,000 likes. Thank you very much. You can also find us on Twitter at perched top rope, Instagram perched on the top rope podcast. You can find us on TikTok where we make Selena scenes of the greatest wrestling moments in history. And you're not going to convince me otherwise that Zack Ryder winning the, the intercontinental championship at WrestleMania 32 is not one of the greatest moments in wrestling history. Because it is. If you don't like that, well, then you can watch the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan get humped by a dog on our TikTok. It's perched on the top rope. That's right. I said it. Kevin Sullivan getting humped by a dog on our TikTok. Woof, woof, bark, bark. Just like that. Ladies and gentlemen... This has been another episode of Perched on the Top Rope, but as a reminder, you can also find us on Twitch at Perched on the Top Rope, where you can find Alex to be streaming video games, not just wrestling, by the way. So if you're not just a gamer of wrestling and you want us to tickle your fancy, we'll head on over to twitch.tv slash Perched on the Top Rope. But I'm not tickling anything else. So remember, spoiler freeze, the way to be. We're out. We're out. Mm-hmm.